And I've rolled out a number of software programs through my career and I found one of the biggest hurdles with that as well is trying to just get people to use the program or things or I guess programs as well, having a poor level of customer service. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about startups who have been there and done it or are right here and doing it in sunny Western Australia. My name is Charlie Gunningham. We've taken a bit of a break thanks to a snap lockdown, but we're back. There's no Danelle Cross today, though, as we're in school holidays and she's off, bless her, with her family. Hope you're having a great time, Danelle. But it's just me today. But we have done one thing during the lockdown. We've launched a new website, startupwest.com.au. That's where you go and get all the podcasts about startups in Western Australia. All the previous 57 episodes, including the one coming up now with the founder and managing director of Camp Connect, Erin Bell. Hi, Erin. Welcome to Startup West. Great to have you here. Hi, Charlie. Thank you. Thanks for having me as well. Now, can you tell us briefly about Camp Connect for those people who don't know about it, um, what it does and how it's going? Yes. So Camp Connect is a complete workforce um, and complete site, um, mining communication and engagement software So uh-huh. um, and mobile app. So essentially it, it covers off on the, I guess, the key factors of information, employee engagement, preparation um, and yeah. human connection as well. So it's based on being a complete site solution um, for everything that you would need being in a remote um, right. mining and resources site. So your clients are obviously in big, big mine sites. So there might be like 500 people on site in the middle of nowhere, very hot, living in dongers. And then they use the Camp Connect app to do what exactly? Yes, 100%. So um, it's it's basically one solution for everything. So if you think right. essentially like a Google Maps for site, you can find your room using the map and it tracks ah, you where you are. Um, right. You've also got all of your information on hand that you would need for site, for the village, um, all of your communications um, that would normally come out of site comms, um, your, I guess, your flights. Um, right, right. HR Activities, internal opportunities. Yes. when the gym's open. Yes, yes. Anything like, like that. Yeah, so that's a big part around it as well. So being able to socially engage um, with other people on site as well to really move away from that isolation factor. So um, being right. able to attend sport and social events and things and really giving that reach to the entire workforce, including contractors. So is that a problem for FIFO workers? Like they get isolated, they just go back to their hut and they stay there and that's it? Yes. And, they, and then they fly back and then it's, they don't really connect? That's the whole camp connect. That's the whole point, is it? Yes. So that I guess – well. Unlike the name, it is a complete site factor, but I did hear yeah. that um, names with a k noise are more memorable and marketable. All right. So Very good. that from Sam Connect. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So essentially some of our biggest issues that we have seen is around employee retention and um, your mental health and engagement and having All a right. sense of personal security and emergency preparation in my time across the industry that I've seen. So, so a lot of turnover in staff yes. and that's obviously costly for the um, mining company. And if you can get them more engaged, then hopefully they'll stay longer and be more happier. And yep. mental health and well-being, which is becoming a big issue as well, and not just in mine sites, but everywhere. Yeah, 100%. Right. So I guess the, the key factor around that is the mining industry has the highest rates of poor mental health and employee turnover than any oh. other industry in Australia and is actually Any other industry worse. has got the worst. Yes. Right, okay. So you, you look at some of the key links around that and it's around actually having a – 
a, a different way of living. So mm. from new starters, you've got 27.5% of new FIFO workers will turn over in their first year and a lot of that comes down to wow. poor onboarding experience um, and poor adaption to One in working. four leave within a year, yes. within the first year. Yeah, and right. won't work again. Won't work FIFO again. Won't, won't do it again. No. Mm. So, you know, coming up to a skill shortage, um, right. yeah, it just make things easier. And then when we look at, um, say, diversity hires, you, we're putting diversity hires into work and it's it's great, but we're not doing anything to help them from a social aspect right. um, then within their time actually living within the community and also help them um, better gain capability of um, having information on hand that they need to remember and terminology and so on. So, right. Um, so where did you un- – you understand the problem really well. You've got all the stats and stuff. Where did this come from? Where did the idea – you worked in HR, you worked HR in Mindsights or you've yes. seen this issue and you got someone's got to solve this problem? Yeah, so my background's HR, emergency, um, and health and safety. Um, so right. it's, it's generally from what I've seen consistently across multiple sites. So I know on my first experience on site, um, it took me about 45 minutes to find my room. Um, right. And, yeah, generally didn't didn't know anyone. Um, it was a lot of new terminology, which I was having a bit of difficulty remembering all of it at once. Right. Um, and even just knowing where you can go, um, what are the rules for the dining hall, um, different rules for the gym and so on. So, yes. and then I found across every site, it, they're completely different, and every company is different. Right. So, um, I mean, you look at in the shutdown when you've got eight people missing the bus a day because they can't find the correct bus stop. Um, right. Simple and, things like that. Yes. You think and then sh- in, in should a, be covered. One hundred percent. And yeah. then in an emergency. Um, Basically, my fear was personally always getting attacked by wild dogs when I went running. That <laughs> right. was that was my my weird okay. fear. But I guess having a means of um, personal emergency as well to be able to send out a duress alarm because the people closest to you are going to be the ones most likely to help you mm. in an emergency. And with medical emergency being um, your biggest cause of death um, in mining, um, right? Generally, from there, you know, if people can get help to you quickly. Uh, where might, you might often not have written down the phone numbers that you need in yes. the app um, or on your phone. So you obviously saw this issue many times in multiple sites over many years. How did you then start Camp Connect? Um, well, I guess one of the biggest things I found is there was a lot of one-feature apps right. out there or or I guess paper-based processes or tokenistic approaches being right. taken um, to fill a lot of these gaps where I found generally weren't being particularly effective Mm. Um, and I found I've rolled out a number of software programs through my career and I found one of the biggest hurdles with that as well is trying to just get people to use the program or things or I guess programs as well having a poor level of customer service so there's poor adaption or say something's built internally um, and it ends up falling over as soon as the person that owned that product Leaves. Leaves the business. <laughs> yes. Or poor adaption as well because, say, for yeah. contractors, if there are, if it's only used on one, on one company or one site, what's the point of using it? So um, I guess that was a big part. So trying to find something that actually did multiple things. Right. Um, Probably there were bits that uh, out there that, that, that tackled parts of the problem. Yeah. Like, but they didn't do a, as you know, a whole solution. So 100%. Camp Connect, you, you try and do the whole thing, right? 100%. Because right. it's, it's one change management, it's it's one cost, it's one thing right. people need to know how to use. So that was the big thing as well about having something that operates in a simple way, in the mm. same way, and it's built actually for the remote mining resources sector, so works offline in low comms. Right. So there's um, a lot of people listening to this, I think, um, who will be have an idea, but they don't know how to start a startup. So- what did you do at the very beginning? Did you 
find some programmers or did you talk to your company? Did you get some friend of yours to, to do something like a minimum viable product? Or did you just leave, raise money, build it, try and sell it? How did you start Camp Connect? Yes. So basically scoped out the entire idea while I was right. on the plane flying okay. up to work. Okay. Because <laughs> I like to maximize my flight time yeah. with activities. Um, and yeah, so that was basically start how I started looking at it. So first I ran it past a friend that started doing app development. Um, right. He was overseas at the time, so it was, um, I guess, proving to be a little bit more difficult from mm. that communication space. Mm. Uh, and I ran the idea past one of my friends as well. Um, he works in the construction sector. So from there basically we thought, well, well, let's do this. Um, mm. Surely there'll be a need for it. So then we started doing a bit of scoping, so ran some industry-wide um, engagement surveys around some of the key information that we couldn't find gaps in and did quite a significant amount of research right. um, into what was out there and I guess a lot of stats validating, um, I guess, the need for what we have And what year created. are we at? This is 2018. Right, it's about three years ago. Yes. Okay. Yes, so cool. then we started talking to some different developers. Um, and That's always fun. Yes. So, no, so <laughs> the one we ended up going with in the end. Um, so it was meant to be eight-week We turnaround. won't name them. No, no. <laughs> okay. That was a soul-destroying process. Um, <laughs> so, yes, unfortunately, they it, yeah they took about 18 months instead okay. of instead of um, – A few months. Yeah, yeah, a few weeks. It, few was weeks. Meant to take, it was meant to take eight weeks. All right, well. okay. Um, yes, so I guess fast forward through that process, that resilience building process, yes, I will indeed. call it. Yes, um, Yes. Yeah, so we're officially out on sites from December last year. Great. I say so. It's now out on sites being used, yes. and I think you've got your first paying customer, yes. which is like woohoo! Yes. Well done. Which happened last month, I think. Yes. Just just signed the check. That's just yep. great. So we're talking about a startup here that is really much at the beginning of the journey, but you've got the product done, and obviously there's a need because because there's a pretty big mind site. Like 500 people are using it. Yep. Um, I mean, again, we won't name who they are, and you've obviously got discussions with others as well. And you've done all this while you've also had a baby. Yes. Um, and she is oh, now 11, 11 months old. Getting up to 11 years. So, wow, what a journey you've had over the last year or so. Yes. Um, so uh, it must be quite exciting, though, now that you've got it being used. What, what's some of the early feedback, or is it too early to tell from the people using it? Um um, yeah, I mean, we've had great, great feedback so far. Um, right. We actually have one of the site contractor companies on site actually wanting to pay for their their users to be able to have it on site because they, we basically created an unprecedented reach that they now have with their entire workforce. Fantastic. So uh, the business model, presumably, there's like a setup fee, then there's an ongoing per user fee. Is that how it's charged? Yes. So we... We do our license and setup, so we are a complete turnkey approach. So, again, feeding mm. back, I guess customer service is a big part of what I'm, I guess a big value and big part of what we try to do because from seeing and being on the receiving end of how frustrating it has been to be, I guess, sometimes lumped with an IT project mm. and then you've got to populate all the data as well and you, you're essentially left on your own a little bit as well as doing your other job. Yeah. Um, it can be fr quite frustrating and then you end up, not using it as effectively and you get less uptake. So we set everything up from content space um, and we also rewrite to make it actually present well. If there's any yeah. gaps, we fill that gap. So um, Fantastic. We, um, same so, with mental health content and things like that as well. So we also have that in Oh, there. that's included as well. So, yes. right, yeah. so people can go on the app and sort of sort of see how they're going and check check things and maybe spot some things they need to improve. 
Yep, 100%. Like you need to exercise more or, yeah, <laughs> yes, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that that's another big one. So I guess the way we've seen it with these features as well, I guess addressing that root cause of issues on site. So if people mm. um, have social the ability to socially integrate, they've got access to a career path, internal opportunities, um, they're informed with what's going on um, mm. and they can reference information to re- remove that anxiety piece about getting something wrong. We feel that's how we we really start to, I guess, keep those guys. How do you get them to use it? Do you literally there when they're, you know, 5.30 in the morning on a Monday making sure they're downloading the app as they're flying out to site? I mean, how do you get or does the, the, the company do all that for you? Or Yes, no, so we we fly to site. So we once oh, we've, wow. yeah, once we basically create or set all the content up, we come to site, we do our final testing, um, especially with our emergency feature, making sure that that's working accurately. Um, right. Because, yeah, if, it's if, you important. Hit, if you hit emergency, you want to know it's gone to, to everyone in that 200-metre radius right, <laughs> perspective. Right, right. Um, and then we also run we run internal training, presentations, answer any questions, and we run a deployment event on site as well, so usually a quiz night or oh, something. So and are yeah. the users, like, given a phone and it's already downloaded or do they have to download it on their personal phone or do they got a work device or...? No, so they would download it unless they had a work device on their personal right. phone. So that I guess that's another big barrier is how, thinking, do we, yeah. how do we convince mine workers to download technically right. a work app on their personal device? Right, so, and then um, use it. Yes, 100%. Mm. So that's where having multiple features really hits that because even if they download it just for to have their roster automated right. on their phone. Or to know when the bus leaves yep. or whatever. Um, and we also do employee benefits as well. So we offer discount codes for services and products nice. in the mental health and wellbeing space too. So even if they just want to have some discount codes. Um, right. And, and we also run prize competitions and things too. Um, again, so you don't really care why they do download it as long as they download it and um, then they start using it. 100%. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. then they've got it when it's there though. So say in a mental health space um, or say in an emergency, they've already got that content there when they need it. Right. Um, almost like that sneaking vegetables in your children's food <laughs> approach. So, you know, it, a number of people might not download a mental health app just for the, being a mental health app because right. that lacks that it's, personal motivation and factor. stigma and, yeah, I've got a mental health problem or whatever. So you selling? Who are you selling to in the mind site then? Is it head of HR? Do you have to get to the CFO? Who who is it you're trying to get to to well, convince them of the benefits of this? Well, I guess that that's the beauty of it as well. It can it can factor into multiple different departments. So I'd say mm. a majority of the benefit would work into that HR space, mm. especially with your return on investment in um, employee retention and engagement. Right. Um, and also, so that's how you can that's your sort of way in. And yes. you've been an HR person, so you sort of know what their issues are and, yes. and I'm solving a problem for you, Mr. Mister or Mrs. HR person, Yes, with this. Yeah, right. and especially with our Pulse survey um, functionality as well so that we see this going and being able to have benchmark analytics around how is your company or site going right. compared to the rest of the industry anonymously. Nice. So, and is it better than last week or is it trending up or trending down? Or Yeah, yeah. and even what can we do to improve things on site to make your staff stay Excellent. essentially. So we're really trying to fill that gap with trying to keep staff internal as opposed to turning over and constantly looking something new. Based What's on lovely about this is, Erin, I mean, you've got a massive industry. Mm. I mean, there's just, it's huge. And you're in the, probably the best place in the world for that industry. Yes. <laughs> being West Australia. So um, it's really exciting. And one of the things you've done this year, you've got onto the Plus 8 program. Yes. Is that right? Yep. So can you tell us about that? It's um, the only uh, tech accelerator that actually invests in you um, if you get through to the final stage. I think you're in the second phase of that now. Yes. Yep. And then you, presumably soon you'll be pitching for money and trying to get onto the final stage. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, tell us about 
the plus eight for those people who don't know about it as a as a startup founder what's what's that meant for you so far yeah oh, I, th- I think it's been amazing I think one of the biggest things I've learned during this journey is I think just knowing who to trust and who you can mm. get information from and um, I mean you only know what you know and I'm generally a bit of a trusting person right. <laughs> um, I generally like people um, yes. so yeah. yeah I think that's been amazing and actually getting valid advice and not spending hours and hours researching to try and figure yeah. out if you're making the right the right call um, and, and also and to get on the program is pretty impressive because there'd be a lot of people applying yes and there's what 13 yeah we beat beat 60 people there's 11 right. 11 11 okay 11 companies so you're in the 11 uh, yes. and I think there's going to be what, six, seven or eight? Eight, eight in the final. Get into the final. So yes. got a good shot at that. Yes. Fing- which is exciting. Crossed. But I think the program's only just begun, isn't it? It's literally in yes. the next first few weeks. Yeah, so it's great. I mean, there's an amazing group of, of people that we're working with as well and I think mm. that's one of the biggest things too. It's really having that energy and that sense of community around you, even mm-hmm. with um, each other like already. Everyone's yeah. trying to help each other out with leads and trying to help them with advice and growing that's their business. Nice. And it's generally a really nice, um, really nice group of people. Okay. We'll take a break and then we're going to come back and hear about you, the person, and your career up until Camp Connect. Hi, just jumping in here to give a shout out to our wonderful sponsors. Without these, we would not be able to bring you this podcast or do what we do at Startup News either. So we want to thank Startup News who produced the Startup West podcast. Go there and subscribe, please. Spacecube Coworking Spaces, where we also record this pod down here at Riff in the city. The New Industries Fund, who give funding, advice, and support all year round. Curtin University, who have been a long-time supporter of innovation entrepreneurs in WA. The City of Perth, where we also record this pod, also a great supporter of the tech scene. RSM, who came on board last year, and who helped many startups with R&D tax returns and other advice. Dinner Twist, a WA startup itself, who has actually been on the podcast and just wanted to help out. So please, if you bump into any of these organizations and the people that run them, say thanks and go use their services. That's the best way to say thanks. Okay, now back to the show. Okay, we're back. And can we take you now back through your career? In fact, right back to the beginning. Are you born in Perth, WA? or? Uh, yes, so born in Kalgoorlie. Oh, right. Yeah, so over there. Why Kalgoorlie? How, what were your mum and dad doing to yeah. have you born in Kalgoorlie? Mum was a nurse and dad was an engineer. Mum wanted right. to be a uh, police officer and how you did that in the 80s, apparently. You went and did rural time if you're a nurse. Uh. So, so yes. the whole family moved there and you were born there? Uh, yes, yeah, so me and my sister were born there and then we moved away when I was three. What was Kalgoorlie like? So, oh, you're yeah. only three years old. Don't, yeah, <laughs> Don't my, my earliest memory is there being a snake on the driveway and me just jumping up and down screaming in my little Miffy backpack before going There you to go, me. that's a Kalgoorlie story. <laughs> <laughs> and at school, what were your favourite subjects? What did you really, what did you, did you think at school, you know, about a career, what you were going to do? Did you have an idea? Was um, it firm in your head? Or? I always wanted to be a lawyer, to be honest, and I did okay. political and legal, but then I didn't get into UWA, so I thought, there's no point. <laughs> and, oh, right, that's it. Legal career did, over. Yes, and did marketing and PR instead. <laughs> okay. Um, and then I guess moved out of there into HR uh, after mm. a chat with um, a good friend's mum, Jackie York, who's fabulous. So right. she um, she convinced me into the HR pathway. So, But before that, at school, were you like hockey captain or in the debating team or did you have a, I, I did a paper debating, round actually. and all that sort of oh, stuff? Oh, yes, yes. So I did. That That was our story. So, yes. So I used to do paper round and then I realised I could make more money doing pamphlets. So did that and worked for a few different companies in the one area. So made 
a lot more money just doing one. Oh, that's pretty. One entre- little circle. That's room. entrepreneurial. Yes. Yeah, so what, what age um, were you there? Twelve. Right. So yeah, me and my sister did that, and my dad modified our bikes to put a crate on the back so we could fit more papers. I did fall oh, backwards right. once, tipping heavy, heavy oh, weight no. <laughs> going oh, up no. the hill. So you're no well, longer in Kalgoorlie. Where, where, what suburb of Perth were you? Oh, Sorrento. No. Sorrento. So, yeah, no, oh, lovely. Nice area. Lovely Sorrento. Yeah. <laughs> so you're tootling around Sorrento, and you've managed to combine three areas into one to make more money and do pamphlets. Yeah, three different companies into the one area. Three companies? Yeah, three different pamphlet companies. Oh, I see. Yeah. Clever. So we just had about 25 pamphlets Economies in one bundle. Economies of scale. No wonder you tip the, <laughs> the bike over. Yes. Right, okay. And at school, you said debating team? Uh, yes, did that. That was part of, yeah, political uh, and legal. And did, yes, of course. Yeah, art and... And what mm. sort of subjects were you into at school? So you had pl- political, legal? Yeah, political and legal. I did um, art did French until they cancelled the French trip. Oh, um, no. I know. So there was instantly motivation gone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was that Throw that away. And uh, so then, okay, so then university and then PR and marketing, switch to HR. Yes. Um, you mentioned Jackie York, mentor. Yes, yes. And then first job in HR? Uh, yes, so that was with Channel McLeod. So, right, okay. Yeah, so that was, um, yeah, doing Qantas's outsourced HR okay. um, and then internally moved into health and safety, um, trying to do a bit of a career change as well and move into um, mining. So, okay, so moving to mining, which then, which I, I love following the dots back, right the way back to that uh, paper round and pamphlet round, all the way through debating political and law, H or communications, HR, law firm, now in a mine site, and that's presumably a few jobs, yes. a few different jobs yeah, so in mining, yeah. a few different sites, and that's when you're coming against or banging your head against this problem about engagement and turnover and all that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And then um, presumably um, got married, had a baby, and at the same time, on top of all that, I'm going to do this Camp Connect business. Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Quite. So have you got some tips or tricks that you've learned along the way? You've had some interesting issues, as all startups do. Every journey is different. Maybe some things you wish you'd known at the beginning that you – now, no. Mm. I would say, well, I think one trip, I think I definitely learned studying and working full-time at the same time, um, I guess becoming a bit of a master of productivity. So I right. would go to the gym at 4 a.m. and do all my readings wow. on the on the cross trainer <laughs> and, wow. then, and then go from there. And, um, yeah, I think definitely running. I think all my great ideas come when I go yeah. go running. I'm a big running enthusiast. Good. Uh, I would – No one can bother you running. No, no, yeah, no interruptions. Your brain can settle. You can think. That's yeah. it. My phone, note section on my phone is full of little notes, so I suddenly have a little idea and uh-huh. go go about my and day. And it's your time, right? That's how you get away from it. Yes. De-stress and keep yourself fit. Good. Yes. Um, I would definitely say don't rely on Google reviews for things. I would right. say ask ask for current um, current references, current right. reviews of people that people are working. When you're with. choosing an app developer or yes, something. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely <laughs> that one. Um, yes. I always I say three current clients. And, and I want to ring them up and speak to them or if not meet them, do due diligence. But also if you can find out some clients that the developer has not told you about but you know they're using them, so not the ones that they necessarily refer you to, maybe yes. that's a good thing too, mm. right? Yep. But, you know, your experiences in developing tech is not unusual. Everyone has these issues. And it's, you know, I, I did it. I had it, and I had lots of issues. And it was probably a lot of it was my fault. I didn't explain my ideas very well, and the poor old developers trying to do it. And then, you know, then I, oh, can you do this? And what about that? 
can we have that? I didn't know you could do this. And then it all scope creep and it all gets a bit difficult. Mm. But anyway, you've landed with a good developer now because you've now got the thing done and yes. it's out on the side. Yes, yeah, so that's that's good. And then, yeah, I think I'd probably also say I'd say networking and really getting yourself out there. I mean, yes. it's, it's become more difficult um, having a having a baby. But of course. But I think, yeah, definitely some of the best networks um, and things I've made have just been talking to people and I think not being paranoid that someone's going to steal your idea mm. because you never know when someone's going to be able to offer you um, some good advice or connect you to someone yeah. um, that you're going to – I guess you're going to learn and things like that. And how did you interact with this per startup ecosystem and when did you first sort of bump up against it? You were doing this thing on your own or were you already going to Space Cubed events and stuff around that time or did that come later? Yeah, well, I, I had another business that I – it was actually the reason I went into mining because I developed and designed a, um, a backless support bra that doesn't rely on adhesive. Oh, right, okay. Very different fun. business. Yes, right, okay. yes. So I, um, I think from there I was not really knowing – what to do, and that's why I put it on hold for years and years. Right. Um, and then really, I guess, was trying to get advice on how I go about this, how I find a manufacturer, um, how I get something right. going for bulk manufacturing. So I started making traction with that and actually went to Vietnam to find suppliers. Oh, my um, goodness. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, it's an entrepreneurial story. Yes. So, so that was your first business idea. Yes. So then I – yes, so I ended up putting that on hold to work on this because I felt this was – probably more important and more urgent. Right. And I didn't think it was going to be as difficult. So that could be, <laughs> an, that could be another business in the future. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's it. It's still there. No one's still no one's, no one's come out with what I've got. Oh, my um, goodness. So, no, it'll it'll be there. So but, when did you start hitting up against the per startup scene? Yeah, so I guess it was in that phase um, All right. really. And then I started – but I found a lot of the startup scene was very tech-based, less manufacturing Definitely. orientated. It so, um, yeah, basically with this idea, that's when I started – um, I think getting back into it. So we entered the core start award. Um, right. And yeah, we ended up winning that and getting some office space. So, Fantastic. Yeah, so that was really good. Um, so that's where I guess we really started getting. 2018, 2019? Uh, 2019. 2019. Yeah, right, so yep. that's definitely where we started getting a lot more involved and going to a lot of their events and I guess really trying to um, meet and network. And I, th I think it's been amazing. Like they've been so supportive, especially. So the core with innovation hub. Yes. Right. Oh yeah, cool. Yep. Sorry. Well, yeah. yeah. So they've. I mean, it's amazing having something that's that's resource based um, right here to actually help you with those networks and and things like that. And um, mm. we've been at the AOG Expo through Nira, uh, right. so that that was another great one. But yeah, it's amazing the support that's actually out there and how how much it has grown um, in the last few years from what I've seen and the amount of people that are genuinely interested in helping people succeed. And now Plus 8 Tech Accelerator, which is perfect timing for you as you've just got your first client, bit of traction, product ready. Yes. You know, and then hopefully that can boost you. Um, you get, is it like $50,000 safe note? Is that the deal? Uh, yes, yeah, 50, Something 000. like that. Yeah, which is pretty nice. Um, and that converts at your next fundraise or in two years' time, I think is the, yeah, yes, is so, the deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Great. it's a maximum of two years, but next. And I haven't asked, actually, have you funded it today? It's all been like self-funded or have you have investors or? Yeah, no. So we've been self-funded um, and mm. getting R&D. Tax incentive, tax incentive, which is great. Yeah. I know. Well done. But no, apart from that, yeah. So, I mean, with grants, I mean, I've been applying for lots of grants. Right. Uh, but we haven't really been successful in. Did you apply for the Boosting Female Founders last year where no WA people were given a grant? 
Yes, yes, yeah. I did. But unfortunately, for WA, so fingers crossed this year. I know. So you're this year in again? Yes. Or, yeah. yeah. So hopefully. Finding out about that. That was a disgrace, wasn't it? Well, like 51 grants were given and none to WA? Yeah. I mean, come on. So it's unfortunate there's not much funding in WA. No, <laughs> but, well, indeed, yeah, indeed. But you're in a very sexy area because you're in the mining. Surely investors understand mining in this town. Yes. And you're mining tech. And you're the nice side of it because it's like warm and fuzzy, looking after people, mental health well-being, emergency, communications, they'll, they'll understand that, don't they? Yes, yeah. I think right. one, of the, one of the biggest things in this is, um, as I was told by one of, our, one of our mentors, mining is the hardest industry to sell in and I'm selling the hardest type of software. Ah, um, there's that, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not a salesperson, so <laughs> just a pr- passionate product person. Well, you're very <laughs> driven and I think that comes yes. across, which is, which is actually all you need for selling. Yeah. You believe it, you're an expert, and it comes across, Erin, believe yes. me. Um, okay, fantastic. Um, I think we're going to finish with a rapid quick fire round. You ready for that? Yes. So whatever yep. pops in your head or, you know, yeah. So here we go. What's the single most important factor that makes a successful startup? Team. Team, having team. a good team. Yes. Okay, great. If you were to wave your magic wand over the local startup scene, what would you wish into being or wish away? Like what's missing or I, what I would, annoys you about it? I would say more... I guess, more funding to really help people get get their mm. ideas off the ground because I think it's it's one of those things unless you have the the financial capability. Yeah, um, early stage venture funds yes. type stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one. Uh, I think I think there's a little, not a lot of bottom feeders, but I think there's people that are definitely <laughs> looking to take advantage of people that don't know there are. any better. Sadly, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, would be wish, I would wish that away because, I, I mean, that's yes. the thing. Starting a business is hard enough. Yes. Without having people Being making taken it advantage of. harder, 100%. So, mm. I mean, even with me, like I will gladly um, help someone or, or give sure. someone some advice um, if they ask because, as I said, it's it's difficult enough to, to start yeah. something. You don't need more barriers and more roadblocks. Correct. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but what do you do to keep body and soul together, together doing your startup, stay sane and maybe get away from it all? Uh, I'd say I, I like running. running. So running's definitely my big thing. Mm. I, I probably stress out a bit if I haven't done some kind of exercise. Right. Um, what, 5K run? What do, you, what do you go off and do? Uh, whatever I've got time to do, oh, right. really. But, yeah, so beach, beach running. I'm a big beach beach running okay. fan, so try to do that. Um, I like making lists. I'm a big list, list okay. person, so <laughs> right. I always run off quite a few. So I think just, yes. I guess, revisiting my to-do lists and just reprioritizing and making sure I have everything down. Yes. Do you um, have a good app that allows you to do that or you just do literally notepad? Uh, have, I, do have, I do have a notepad, but I also run off, um, I mean, I've got a project management spreadsheet I run off and right. then, yeah, I've got Trello, Trello and Slack as well. So I run off a few Trello different yep. things. I discovered Evernote about whenever it started and I just, it's like my external brain. My Evernote keeps me sane. All my yep. different notes, I just, everything idea into Evernote, bang. Um, okay, and how can anyone listening to this help you? Well, I guess one of our big aims is to really get get out there far-reaching within the mining industry. So mm. um, I guess any, I would love any introductions yes. um, because I you know, generally want to make a difference because, yeah. I mean, you spend most of your, your life at work um, and it's such a big part of people's identity. So, you, yes. you know, and that's one of our big beliefs is, you know, everyone deserves to have a great time when they're at work and actually right. feel um, happy and and like they're making a difference right. the best that they can. So, so anyone listening to this who's got ins with mine sites, 
Yes. Uh, and and the HR area or any any yeah, in HR really or the, health and safety. Yeah. Um, How do they contact you, Erin? Uh, you can go on our website or so info. Connect.com.au. Yes, that's right. correct. Yeah, sorry. Connect.com.au. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or email us at info at campconnect.com.au. Info at campconnect.com.au. Okay, so that's the job for everyone listening to this. Thanks, Erin, and we want to wish you and Camp Connect all the best for the future. And thanks to our sponsors, Startup West Podcast is produced by Startup News. And don't forget, we have a new website, startupwest.com.au. All our podcasts are on there, all the previous episodes, including this one. And uh, it's always thanks to our sponsors, Spacecube Coworking Spaces, where we record this down at Riff, the New Industries Fund from Jitsi, Curtin University, the City of Perth, RSM and Dinner Twist. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to Startup West. Don't forget to go to startupwest.com.au so our latest episodes appear in your feed. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Eric.